Thank you. That's enough. That's enough. Thank you. It's just great to be here. I just feel so free. Um, it's good to be out of our own zones. Like, it's really healthy, I think, you know, to just get out of that zone and, and be in a fresh place. Something's different, different expression of worship. Same God, same God, but just, just lovely hearts. You know, and God wants to do something with you as a, as a body of people, of, of just your, your, I want to call it group, but that's not the right word, congregation. God wants to do something with this congregation that's actually going to impact the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so I want to talk about that, but I just need to release a few prophetic words because otherwise I'll blow up. So uh, oh, I don't know why, but maybe because the music ministry, sometimes they don't often get, um, get spoken over because they're always ministering. But God was giving me words for you guys this morning. Ella, I just saw you in the lap of God in the future. And um, you're going to be doing this. See, I saw the front of your CD. And you were like, you know, and Ella really, you know, <laughs> you like had that arty thing going on anyway. So just to say, Ella, keep going with God. Keep pushing into the future. Keep, keep that creative ministry flowing. Because there's an anointing on your life that's actually going to impact your generation. And then I saw you because of that door, that you actually had a door because of that creative ministry to speak to young people and really speak. I saw you just letting it rip. So you just go, girl. You don't stop now. You know, and, and I'm so glad that you have pastors that release you now. They, they, I mean, I know you've been released since you were young. You've been ministering since you were young. So, you know, in the heart of God, there's more. So don't stop and think, oh, I've just got, you know, it's good. Don't get comfortable. The Lord's saying, don't get comfortable. He's calling you up. He's calling you up to come. Sit on his lap, you know, do all that stuff, you know, just be there with him. Where's the young man that was on the piano? What's your name? Cody? Ollie. Ollie, the Lord wants you to know that you... You have within you the capacity to heal a bruised reed. I'm actually going to preach on this this morning a little bit. Um, in Isaiah, there's a prophecy that says this is what the Messiah came to do. A, a bruised reed he will not break. And there's a mercy, there's a capacity for mercy that's incredibly huge in your heart. Don't despise that that you're a gentle person, God is going to use that in a powerful way to heal those who are bruised. Part of it's going to come through your music. I saw you working with choirs and with people, and, and there's, there's a, a, a gift. God wants to, to move you into writing music, and you know, like sort of like Michael W. Smith. I saw you in that capacity, okay? So someone who's a bit more intelligent and someone who is able to, you know, do the things that some musos can't do, you know, those of us who play by chords. Um, you know, you're going to do the other stuff, the brighter stuff, the stuff that takes more intelligence. So, so push into God because there's so much creativity in his heart for you. Just push into him. It's really super. Um, and this, I've forgotten your name. I'm sorry because I've known your name before. Anna. Anna, you know, you're very precious to the Lord. You're very precious to the Lord. And when I was looking at you, I just got the sense of love that overcame me. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, she's my hands. And you, you, I know this is just a confirmation to know that this is from the Lord. Everybody else knows you. I don't know you, but you have a helps ministry. And as you help people and as you lay down your life for people, it's like what I saw was 
a picture of your hands imprinting, like, you know, hands on wax. You know, your hands, it, your ministry is so effective that you leave God's handprints on people's life. You know, so, so don't give up and don't get weary. And don't think that you're hidden because you're not hidden from God. God sees you and he knows you and he speaks your name. He speaks your name this morning and he wants to honor you and strengthen you today. So thank you, Anna, for your ministry to, to the people in this church and beyond. Thank you. Um, you're doing good things. Um, I always want to call you Danny, but you're Ben and she's Danny. <laughs> Maybe the word's supposed to be for you. I don't know. <laughs> but um, God wants to refresh you. Uh, you're a faithful man. And you might have felt like maybe, maybe you've been seen as not faithful, but you're a faithful man, and God knows that about you. And he wants to take you back to the first days. You know when you picked up your guitar the first time, and you're like, oh, this is cool. This is super-duper cool. And you had that, that passion and that love in your heart. He's going to take you back to that time, but not just to, to do that, because you've got a different substance in you now, you see? There's something different in you. There's something new in you that God has been building inside your soul that brings a depth that other people can't experience. But he wants to replace that joy and, and that love of the first things, the first things, the simple things. Life, it's like life has gotten all complicated. But he wants to say, don't worry, just go back to the simple. Go back to the simple. I'm going to refresh you. Go back to the simple. Drop everything. Drop everything that, that makes it complicated for you. Don't be afraid to drop things. Just drop them. Drop them. If they're too complicated, just drop them. Just get out. Just, just do the simple things because the word over your life is unite. There's a ministry to unite. That's a word I just kept getting. It's, it's going to unite people through you and through Danny. He's going to unite. He's going to unite. So, so you just drop things that, call, that get in the way of pulling people together, of pulling people together, because God has, has made you like a big rope, you know, he just, you know, if I had a rope and I ran around this whole congregation and you just tie it real tight, you know, you just, you just draw people together. So, so write your songs because that draws people together and it draws them to God. So just go with God, Ben. That, it's just awesome what you've got on your life. Um, was that all? No. Uh, just because I've got to remember Eli. <laughs> I've had a heart for you for years. I know you know that. But I just, I got a new picture of your life. Because uh, you know God stands, he's the God of the past, the present, and the future. So he sits in the future and he knows everything. And I just kind of get up there. I, I go that way with him occasionally and go, God, what do you have for Eli? What do you have for Eli? And And you know what? Don't be afraid to impart things into those younger than you because God's given you a real soft heart and a real fun sense of fun, you know. So I believe God really wants you to minister to kids. You have to check this in your own heart. But, you know, you've got something in you that just attracts kids. You might be sick of them right now and wanting to flick them off because they're always around you. But you know what? That is something of God. God will give you the patience to deal with it. But kids love you and they're going to learn from you. You're going to develop programs. You're going to do things that, that no other crazy evangelist, kids evangelist has ever done because your heart of just fun. You've got that sense of fun in you, Eli. So, so dig into God. Don't be afraid of those things. Um, you know, and maybe I'm talking too far into the future for you to picture, but um, just God will 
check that with you. He'll, he'll develop it if you keep your heart towards him. So keep your heart towards him. He's for you. He's for you and he loves you. Um, so keep your heart. Good. And is, are there any year 12s in here? Yeah. Oh, you are. Of course. It had to be you. Um, my daughter also is year 12. And so you've just finished. You've just finished. So I just want to, I want to prophesy not just over the year 12s, but those who have finished last year as well. And just, just soon. Oh, that would be you. Yep. Yep. God doesn't want to limit you. Okay, and we don't want to limit you as leaders. We want you to go right now. We want you to run with God now. Don't wait. Okay, don't wait. If you're in year 11, this is for you too. Okay, don't wait. Yeah, Whew. <laughs> I was hoping I'd make that cut. <laughs> don't wait. Speak to the people around you. You know, you've got passion in your heart and love in your heart. You see those homeless people and you want to go minister, just go do it. Don't you wait. Don't you wait. The heart of mercy that's in you, don't you wait. You let it come out. I know you're not waiting. I've got pain because she's not waiting. Because <laughs> we just had our missions conference, you know, and uh, Sammy, because she wants to go to youth with a mission. I, I didn't think you'd be here, so I was going to share some things. <laughs> so she wants to be a missionary, right? So she, um, she says we had this missions conference, and we're all inspired, you know. Give, go, yeah, you know, and... Um, so we're all, because God wants us, and I'm, this is, you kind of stole my message, because I'm talking a little bit about moving in faith with finances too, but he wants us not just to um, step out, we, you know, we do things through stewardship, we can steward, we can, you know, like budget, some people are super good at that, I'm like horrible at that, but that's really good to do, I know that up here, <laughs> so we budget so we can give, right, but there's another level, that you can sacrifice, yeah? So we've all sacrificed to give, haven't we, into the kingdom. And that's even a greater level. But you know what God wants us to get to? He wants us to get to the level where we are right on the edge. And where we are, we are saying, if you don't come through God, I'm going to fall off this precipice. And that's, we're moving in faith again. Like, we've been in Ballarat for almost six years, and I feel like we've gotten so comfortable. I mean, how can you get comfortable in Ballarat? <laughs> so freezing here. It's like, <laughs> but we've gotten comfortable. We've gotten comfortable in the church. Our church is all happy. You know, everybody's good. We've gotten comfortable, and the Holy Spirit said, get up. Get up. Get on the precipice again. Come on. The kingdom's about this. <laughs> you know? That's what the kingdom's about. You know, it's about jumping off the edge and just going, Lord, if you are not here to catch me, I'm going to fall. And, you know, this is why church gets boring, because we're way back here going, Ooh, love you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. You know, and we're not on the edge. And it gets boring. Yeah, we want to see the living God come through in horrendous ways that, you know, make us sweat. Yeah? Some of you are with me. Some of you are going, I'm just getting out of here. Oh, <laughs> this as quick as I can. <laughs> so you young people, don't wait for somebody to say over your life, go and do kingdom business. Go and do it now. Press into the heart of God now and say, God, where are you moving? What can I do? I'm going shopping today. What will you do if I go shopping? What will you do if I go to the movies? What will you do if I have a little bit of courage when all our friends are getting together and I start talking about God? I challenged my son the other day because he goes to connect group, but he goes to watch movies. 
<laughs> they have like all these boys in this one connect group and they're having a great time and they're going just like watching movies while the adults are in the other room, you know, doing spiritual things. I said, you know what? What if Noah, what if you went and you just, you know, said a few spiritual things like, you know, hey guys, have you thought about God? You know, I mean, like in you know, a cool way, <laughs> like a manly way. Or, you know, hey, why don't we pray for so-and-so? You know, just, just say a few spiritual things. Lead. Lead into the things of God. Deviate from uh, entertainment for a little while. And lead into the things of God. See what God will do with that group of young men. You know, hopefully, hopefully he'll do it. I don't know. Oh, so I was saying, so we had this missions thing. I get a little sidetracked. Um, so we had this missions fest. And... Uh, you know, we're all praying about what to give. And so the first meeting, you know, we all filled out our cards. And then the second meeting, we were challenged to think about our cards and actually pray about them again. <laughs> Dumb. Why do they do that? And then the third meeting comes, you know, and we're all like, my last card was a stretch, you know. <laughs> Here comes the third one. We're all like, oh, no. Anyway, so just close your ears. So... <laughs> So we get home and we're all, you know, wow, you know, we've got the final amount that everybody gave to, and it was, wow, we were like blown away what people gave and we're giving over the year because it's faith pledges, right? We're blown away. This is a new day for our church. We are totally on the edge together. It's so cool because it's not just Harley and I on the edge. It's everybody together and we're just going to jump together, right? Because we want to do something significant together as a church. We've been doing things like Samaritan's Purse and this here and throwing five bucks there and doing this here, but it is nothing compared to what God wants to do. So we're going to just, I mean, we're still going to do all those fun little things, but we want to do something significant for the kingdom. And so we had to change the way we did things. And so we got this horrendous amount of money that we're, now we're like, what are we going to do with this money? <laughs> we'll give some to you. <laughs> That's right. We'll be gen- you'll be our first mission. <laughs> so, so, but we're sitting in the car, our family, and we're talking about this. And, and Harley said, oh, somebody brought in some, there was a late donation given so that the money was actually up. And I calculated in my head and I thought, uh-oh. And I turned to Sammy and I said, you didn't. <laughs> she gave all of her money that we were saving up for YWAM in the missions offering. I'm like, yeah. no, how am I going to come up with that other money <laughs> again, again? But we had given it to her and it's hers. And I, I thought, and I started getting like, oh, frustrated, but that was your provision to go to the mission field. You know, now what are you going to do? You know, and this unbelief just started creeping in. And my husband just said to me, what are you talking about? I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, she gave in faith. She gave in faith, believing that God could provide again. I'm like, oh, man. Clap my hand over my mouth. Yes, God can provide again. God can provide again. We need to, and this is the word to us, we need to not limit the heart of our young people when they're stretching out and growing in their faith. I was wanting to limit because I was, I I thought, God, that is a lot of money, you know, (laughs) on my meager wage. How am I going to come up with it? He's like, your meager wage, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) That's what God was saying to me. 
Like, I don't have enough money for you. Yeah, he has enough, doesn't he? He has enough. I need to get to my notes. I didn't even know. I mean, I got, they gave me this for my birthday, and I don't know how to work that one. I just learned how to work this one. <sighs> okay. So, <clears throat> God wants to, this morning, move on you. Church needs to be about God, doesn't it? We need to get back to church being about God and not about us, not about our culture, not about the way we do things. It's about God, isn't it? It's about doing what, what God wants on his day. It's about worshiping him. That's what, that's what church is about. And I want to tell you something this morning, that you, Mount Clear Church of Christ, you are the hope of the world. But do you believe it? You, Mount Church... Mount Clear, Church of Christ, you are the hope of the world. You are. Right here in this room, you are the hope of the world. This is what Jesus believes about you. This is what God thinks about you. I hope you believe it about yourselves. We're coming to terms with it. We're the hope of the world. He, he's funny like that, God. This is what he thinks about you. You know, we need to get back to understanding that and, and doing what he says. So <clears throat> it's important that we don't get caught up in how we do things and, and what, what, what we do. You know, it's like um, I heard this prophet, Steve McCracken, um, during the week we were with him for a meeting, and, and he says, you know, don't follow after a model. You know, Willow Creek works because God told Bill Hybels to do something. You know, um, um, what's it called? A purpose-driven life, Rick Warren's church. It works because God told Rick Warren to do something. Same as Bethel. It works because God told Bill to do something. It's not going to work so good if we try to do that. God has to tell us to do something. And do you know what? God wants to tell you to do something as a church, as a body. It's the same as God was telling us. God wants us to be a certain people set apart for his glory, that can impact the kingdom of God in the way that we're going to do it. You, Mount Church of Christ, are the hope of the world. You're going to impact the kingdom like no other church can because of the DNA that's put in you. You've got to do your bit. We can't do everything, but we can do something. Yeah? You're nothing. If you do nothing, nothing's going to happen. You're not going to impact no one fast. Yeah? But if you do something... And you do something together. And I want to just break something in the spirit. And I want to say, God wants you to do something together. Not somebody else's thing. He wants you as a church to do something together that will impact eternity. Yeah? And I'll give you a few clues on how to get there as well. <laughs> the church is about God. And God's about the world. He's about the nations, isn't he? If we remember what he said over and over, he is about the nations. Uh, now, I've, all these quotes, I've taken all the best quotes from our missions thing, and I'm going to just spurt them out through the morning, so you'll get the best. You won't have to sit through hours of stuff. <laughs> you'll just get, you know, this condensed version of a whole bunch of stuff that hopefully will inspire you. God's about the nation. So what does he say in Matthew 28? Go and make... Disciples of all nations. Oh, not just one or two. Gee, that's hard, isn't it? Do you ever feel overwhelmed by that? 
I do all the time. I think all nations. How am I supposed to do that? But the cool thing is, is that we've got you, Mount Clear Church of Christ, that's the hope of the world. We've got Rise Christian Church, that's the hope of the world as well. We've got York Street Church of Christ. We've got, you know, Danny, Danny's Church, Baptist, Mount Pleasant Baptist. They're the hope of the world as well. Guess what? If we all do something, we're going to be discipling the nations, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to bash Ballarat, and we're going to disciple the nations. If we all do what God has given us to do, God has given you something to do as a church together that's going to impact the nations. Our biggest prayers are disproportionately small compared to the greatness of our God. Isn't that true? I mean, it's hard to be so bold to say, God, give us the nations. But, you know, God's going to give you a part. He's going to give you a bit. He's going to give you something. Give him something. In our missions thing, because we've been just saying, God, what are we supposed to do? We felt like, you know, well, we don't know what we're supposed to do. We're just doing little things here, there, and there. And we just went back, and this is pastor's conference. You know how you can get a bit, like, all these pastors standing up telling all the wonderful things that they're doing, and Harley and I are like, oh, we're not doing nothing, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So we're like, everybody else is all pumped, you know, and we're walking back to the hotel room all depressed and like, God, who are we? We're doing nothing, you know? And so we said, well, let's just pray. So we prayed, asked the Lord, oh, didn't really get anything. We're like, God, what do you want us to do? Anyways, we go to bed that night. Harley wakes up and he has this dream. He, oh, the Lord often speaks to him through dreams. He woke up and the Lord said, I want you to go to the place with two names, Burma, Myanmar. And he said, the Rohingya people. Now, I don't know if you know about the Rohingya people, but they're being wiped out by genocide right now. They're a Muslim group in Burma, and nobody wants them in there, and they're being wiped out. You know, I thought, well, who's going to do something about that? God spoke to us to do something about that. We're just going to go at the beginning of next year. We're just going to go and see what God will do. I mean, (laughs) how do you know what to do? I don't know. We're going to go. The Holy Spirit obviously knows if he spoke something, didn't he? And he's released all this money, so it's like, okay, we've got to figure out what to do with the money. We'll go and see if we can, we can help them, see if we can release them from poverty. Can we release them? What are the little Ballarat bashers doing over in, you know, Burma? B to B, we could write one of those um, books, <laughs> kids' books. You know, God has given us something to do. You know, he, he might not be putting it on the heart of anybody else in the world to help those people because there was, a, there was a thing on TV and nobody's helping them. But us, a little church, you know, in Ballarat, can we do something? Well, we can do something, can't we? We can do something for the place with two names. And then, you know, what's so amazing about God is, is um, two months after God gave us that, I was down in Melbourne with a friend. And she said to me, oh, you know, we were just talking about various things and the nations and countries. And she said, oh, I have this friend. And he actually, he's a Burmese Christian. And he works in Burma, in the main city. And he does an English business to win people to Christ. And he's using his business to facilitate that. And we just talked about it. And then I said, oh, that's really great. You know, I'll pray for him. And that's wonderful. I'll just pray that he you know, does well, and, you know, I didn't really think much about it, I thought that that was cool, there's a bit of, you know, she knows a Burmese person, two months later, well, he comes, 
he comes to Melbourne. She rings me and says he wants to spend the day with you. I'm like, what? <laughs> I like barely mentioned Burma, <laughs> you know, like I didn't even know what we're going to do there. He came up, we spent the day with him. Most wonderful man. And he said, you have to come. You have to come to Burma. The Buddhists are turning to Christ in droves. He said, the Muslims are hard, but the Buddhists are turned to Christ in droves. And we said, well, what about the Rohingya people? He goes, nobody wants them. I said, that's exactly why we want to go. We want to go for them oh, and the others as well. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> we'll go and win them to the Lord too. We'll, we'll tell them about Jesus. Isn't God good? One minute you have nothing, the next minute you have something. One minute you think, what am I doing? You know, just relax. The next minute you're on the edge. <laughs> God, how did I get here? I don't know, but he's there. He's there to catch us. There's no more exciting place to be than being on the edge again. I love it. I love it. I love it. You might be scared <laughs> listening to me, but you know what? You get there and God just comes through. You know, sometimes we wait forever and worship and we sit there and, God, you're not saying anything. Where are you? But you know what? It's because we need to reposition ourselves. We're the ones who need to move to the edge. And God is there. You know why? Because it's about God. And God's about the nations. He's about the nations. We need to position ourselves in a place where we can impact the kingdom right now. We don't have very long, do we? The world is getting worse and worse. We don't have very long. We need to impact the nations while there's time. Okay. I do have some notes. <laughs> um. You know, if you don't go, that's a thing. If you don't go, somebody, somebody's not touched. Somebody's not touched. Like, there's so, something so simple. I was thinking about the guy who has a ministry, is it Dion? In your church about, you know, the treasure hunt thing. You know, you just go and people are touched. You just go. Um, you know, we started the ministry to, to people who are stuck in the sex industry. And we just go. We, you know, three years ago, we had no idea what to do. And now we just go and we love it. It's like the best Friday night ever. We go out and, you know, hang out with prostitutes and people who are just stuck in there. And, and it's the best. And one of our ladies, she was praying at home before we went. And she got all this stuff on our shoes, like gold dust. <laughs> she took photos of it because when she arrived, I'm like, where is it? Is it gone or what? <laughs> what did you do with it? You know, <laughs> like, and, and I just was like, Lord, what, what's the point? I mean, I know the point is your manifest presence has an effect on us. But what's the point? And he said, gospel of peace. Tonight you're taking out the gospel of peace. Shoes of peace. That's why I put it on her shoes, he said. Because the gospel of peace you're taking in there. And we went into this, this one place and um, <laughs> uh, the week before Lynn Coventry, one of my comrades, she's awesome. She's full of fun. And we just have a great time when we go out. She said, last week I prayed for this woman. Let's, hopefully she's there. And we went in there and this woman, she grabbed us. She said, oh, oh, we need more prayer. I need more prayer, and I'm going to grab some other girls. She was, like, grabbing all these girls to come in to this room, and, and she got this one woman in there, and she's, like, all happy to meet us and everything. She's like, so what are we in here for? And, and the lady said, well, we're getting prayer. We're getting prayer. And she goes, oh, I'm out of here, you know. <laughs> and then as she's running down the hall, she says, but I do pray. I pray by myself, you know. And she's saying all this stuff as she's running down the hall. <laughs> it was so funny. Anyway, so, so this other woman comes. She goes, you know, I need prayer for this and that. And, and we got in this a new girl who just started at that place. She came in. And she said, well, I've never prayed before. But 
you know, I'd, I'll, I'll just watch. And we said, that's great. You know, that's fine. And uh, so we prayed, and I turned and said, do you know, do you want us to pray for you as well? And, oh, yeah, you know. Um, and so we started praying for her. And when she looked up, she said, I have never, ever felt peace like that in my whole life. In my whole life. I mean, that didn't cost me anything, did it? Well, it cost me a late night, <laughs> you know. But to go and to see the ministry, because these people are broken. These are bruised reeds. They're in there because they're bruised and they're broken. 98% of them don't want to be there. Don't listen to the media. It's not true what they say. I'm with them every, you know, fortnightly, every Friday night. None of them want to be there. And this woman, she said to me, she said, I've never felt peace. I said, you know what? You don't have to lose that peace. That's Jesus. You don't have to lose that. And she said, oh, can I come to church? I mean, hello, people. We're trying to get people in our churches. You've just gone to the wrong place. You need to go to some brothels. You need to go massage parlors. Go out. Go get them. You know, our last Ballarat outreach, it's crazy because Ballarat's all illegal places. And one of them closed down. And, you know, all the Christians are like, yay. And we're like, no. Darn it. Because that was our Friday night ministry. <laughs> so the one, one of, down the street, <clears throat> Albert Street, closed down. Anyway, and, and we're just thinking, now how are we going to touch the girls in there? Because now we can't find them, because what they do is they just move them around. So we need to pray for them. But we, we had this outreach so in Ballarat, and we thought, well, where are we going to go? We, we need some more places to go. And so we went into some massage parlors, and, you know, they're not doing any hanky-panky in those ones. But, you know, <laughs> in that one we went into, we just thought, well, let's just, you know, give our card anyway, because it's for anybody in the industry. And, and who cares if they're doing weird stuff? We just want to minister, Right. So we go in there and, and talk to the lady and, and just say, you know, this is what we do. And she's like, wow, that's really, we're church-based ministry. We're not connected with the government or anything. We just want to show the love of Jesus. You know, our ladies made these craft things for you and, and some cakes. And she says, oh, she was so touched. She said, oh, I'd really love to come to church, but I'm so worried about my English. Do you think people would talk to me? Do you think I'd understand? So she came to church. She came to church. And now she's, we're helping her with English. I mean, isn't that wonderful? Just because we went. We gave something. We didn't have a lot. We just have these little cool coasters that our craft ladies made. <laughs> it's like, you know, it costs a couple bucks. We had something, and we just gave it, you see. And there was uni students in there that worked for her, and they're like, we'll come as well. You know, they all want to come, and I'll bring my friends. And I'm like, Poof, how easy is this, you know? Isn't God good, but it's not us. It's the love of God, isn't it? It's the love of God because I have something. Oh, and I was thinking about your person with the ministry, uh, the treasure hunt ministry. You know, you might feel afraid to do prophetic ministry because I'll tell you, it's scary. What if you get it wrong? There's all those, you know, things. I know. There's so much pressure on the prophet. <laughs> no, just kidding. I don't feel pressure from you guys. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you might just go out to give love. You don't have to feel pressured from the prophetic, especially if that's not your gifting or if you, you know, we can all prophesy. We can. But if you don't feel pressure, just go. Go and give something. Just go and give love. Just go and give a word. Just go and, and sidle up to, hey, are you having a good day? You know, it's really powerful what, what the response is. It's really powerful when Christians just love people, when you just go out. So that was our balance. Outreach. You know, if you don't know your purpose in life, you're going to get abused. You're going to get abused. You're going to get abused by selfishness. You're going to get abused 
by our culture. And you know what will happen? If you don't know your purpose in God, your eyes, you'll, you're going to run to entertainment. And, and that's going to become your focus. Just, just getting that, sitting down before that TV. Sitting down, I'm not saying it's all evil. Blah, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you're going to get abused by selfishness. But when you get on the edge, again, there's life. There's victory. There's hope. Jesus is interceding for us. Why else would he need to pray for us? I mean, I wonder that. Why, why do you need to pray for us, Jesus? Like, we already know you. You know, we're Christians. We believe in you. Why does he have to pray for us? Because he knows the temptations. Hebrews says we haven't been given this high priest who doesn't identify with us in every weakness. He knows. This is why he prays. Because he knows that we're tempted in every way. He was as well. He overcame. He gave us this wonderful, he paved the way. He won. He won over it. He won. Jesus is interceding for you. He's interceding for me. You are the answers to his prayers for the nations. You are. Nobody else. You and me. We've got to go. We've got to bash Ballarat here, and we've got to go to the nations as well. And we've got to leave a deposit, you see. You know, we've got to leave a deposit in Ballarat. Somebody told me the other day, oh, is it really, it was somebody who's from Perth. This must be really hard, you know, the stigma about Ballarat and all that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just in another world. I think it's God's promised land. We live in his promised land here. God is moving. What are you talking about? Oh, we live in, a, you know, all the crime and all the bad stuff. I'm like, but you have no idea all the good stuff that God is doing. I don't live under that darkness at all. I live under an open heaven which says that God is going to break through at any moment and do things that are just amazing. You know, and when I go out, I see him doing amazing things. It's awesome living in Ballarat. It's awesome. Okay, how am I doing? <gasps> it's already 11.45. I've not even gotten to the second part of my notes. Oh, my word. Oh. Okay, let me condense all this into five minutes. Okay. I was going to give you a bunch of scriptures just to show you I'm legit. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry, I didn't mean to tell so many stories. Um, okay, so I saw a progression through scripture, and because I've been reading through, uh, we do a certificate three at the Christian college, and I have to read all the exegesis that the year 12s put, and the most amazing exegesis I've read is from my own daughter. I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked because she struggled with academics. But the beauty that I saw in this was amazing. I want to read it to you because this is what Jesus calls us to do. He calls us to do this. Preach the gospel to the poor. Luke. Do you remember Luke 4? When he read the prophecy from the book of Isaiah, and he said, He has sent me to preach the gospel to the poor to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recover sight to the blind, set liberty to the oppressed. And this is really cool. I'll just read you what, what she wrote here. The sixth action is to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The word proclaim is the same word, kiriso, also seen in the first and the third action of Luke 4, 18 through 19. Being acceptable focuses on everything that is right and good in the eyes of the Lord. The acceptable year refers to the year of Jubilee, which all debts were forgiven. 
Slaves and servants were released. The year of Jubilee occurs 50 years, every 50 years. It's also represented by a seven times seven cycle, which symbolizes God's perfect plan for his people. This is a perfect plan, was a plan of Jesus entering into the world to bring salvation to his people. Jesus is the embodiment of the fulfillment of the year of Jubilee. Isn't that awesome? The acceptable year summarizes all the actions um, that were previously described. A purpose in God, physical, spiritual, restoration with God, salvation from the burden of sin and Satan. These are all the claims that Jesus makes when he says today, this word is fulfilled in your hearing. He was supposed to give this big, long commentary, you see. And, and he just said, today, this word is fulfilled in your hearing because it was so powerful what he was saying. He was saying, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one that Isaiah, the book of Isaiah prophesied over. I'm the one that God rebuked. In Isaiah 58, God rebuked the people for doing their own thing. They were fasting and doing all these religious things. They had their cultural stuff. They had their church stuff that they did just like us. And he was saying, what you're doing is not good. I want you to preach to the poor. I want you to heal the brokenhearted. Stop all this stuff and do what's acceptable to me. But you know, this is, this is really cool. He says, or she says, so Jesus is proclaiming God's perfect plan of salvation to the people of Israel and that he will perform everything that the verse Isaiah 61.1 says in regards to the Messiah because he's claiming to be Messiah. Jesus says in the verse of Isaiah 61, 1 through 2, he cuts that verse short. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. I never noticed this until I read her exegesis. Leaving out the day of vengeance. He left it out. Now, why did he do that? The Jews were waiting for it. They had this, they had this scripture memorized. They knew it back to front. He left it out. And the Jews listening, they were expecting him to say, the day of vengeance of our God. But Jesus does it because he doesn't want to focus on the day of vengeance. She says he, does, he wants them to understand that it's the acceptable year of the Lord now, and that has to come before vengeance. Isn't that awesome? And that it's not about to happen yet. Because why? Yeah. Today is the year of Jubilee, where the, where the poor get the word preached to them, where the brokenhearted get healed, where the captives get set free. Do you hear the heart of Jesus? He leaves out the day of vengeance, and he says, today is the day of salvation. I mean, that's awesome. He wants them to understand his heart. Uh, I was going to read more of that, but I can't now. And I was going to show you a video, but I won't now. I'm going to end with two things. There's two things that you need to do in order to pull yourselves together to do something significant in the world. One, he already preached my message, you stealer. <laughs> You've got to give. You've got to give. Give yourself. Give it a different level. And, and we found this. We didn't have breakthrough until the other Sunday. We all gave and we got on the edge again. Sacrificial, beyond sacrificial giving, giving in faith. I don't even have this money, but I'm just going to believe God. He's going to give. He's going to release funds to me to give to his church. Don't rob the storehouses of God. You know, a lot of people say, oh, the tithing, that was Old Testament. You know what? Abraham tithed before the law was in, 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 engaged. And Jesus was sitting in the temple. And I'll tell you, this is how Jesus measures what we do with our money. 
he, he, he measures it by the widow's mite. Do you remember that story? And the Pharisees were given all this stuff. They were given tons of money, tons of coming, you know? <laughs> Never run out of coming in your cupboard, by the way. <laughs> I ran out the other day, and I was like, oh, darn it. You cannot make Mexican food without coming. All right, so they were giving, like, all these herbs, right? Little widow comes up with two mites. It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. It's like pennies. And she gives them, Jesus says, she's given more than anybody else. He doesn't measure it by what we give. He measures by what we have left. And in Isaiah 58, it says, how dare you? You spend all this on yourself. We, we've been convicted. We were going to do an extension on our house. We were convicted. We said, Jesus just wants us to give it to, give it to him. Okay, Lord, we won't do that. I'll have my laundry room in my pantry, wrecking all my food when I turn the dryer on. I get it. You know, but no, my heart is, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It doesn't matter about me. This life is short. It's nothing. It's nothing. I don't want to spend it on myself anymore. Boring. Unsatisfying. You know, I want to spend myself for you. You've got to learn to spend yourself for the gospel. Spend yourself for Christ. Every last dime, every last moment, every waking moment thinking about him. It's all about God, and God is all about the nations. Isn't he? Spend yourself for him. In the hand of God, our something is an incredible tool. It's not about how much we give, how much we have left. Do I have something left that I can still give? Yeah, if I do, I'm going to give it. Spend yourself. The, the last thing is submit yourselves to, to each other. You can't do something significant unless you're submitted to each other, unless you're submitted to your leaders. This is really important. You know, leaders, the Bible says that your leaders... They watch out for your souls. You might not agree with everything they say, but they watch out for your souls. Think about how many people are against you in your life, okay? Think about how many things are against you in life. You've got people who look out after your souls. We used to have an old neighbor, and we loved her. Or we, my kids used to go over, and they called her grandma and all this stuff. And she was, her mom was even older than her, and she was living with her. Anyway, she, her mom died. She had no, she's not a Christian. She didn't know what to do at all. She had no one watching out for her soul. And so I went over and took her through the process. This is what you do. This is how you grieve. This is what you do with a funeral. She had no one looking. You have someone looking after your souls. You know, that is a wonderful thing. Honor them. Respect them. Protect them. Protect them. If you hear people talking about them behind their backs, you you nip it in the bud. You protect them. They are looking out for your souls. We were leading in Indonesia, and one of the people in, our, our, in the staff there in the orphanage, he didn't like what Harley said because Harley confronted some abuse of children that was going on in the staff there. And, you know, that guy came out after him with a machete at his throat, tried to kill him. Don't do this to your leaders. <laughs> they look after your souls. You've got to protect them. You've got to love them. They love you. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. If they tell you hard stuff, it's a wound that's going to bring you life. We were trying to bring life to that place, but the devil wanted to kill it because of pride. Pride is always the issue. Don't let it get in here. I'm sure it's not in here anywhere because you guys are better than us. 
and uh, you don't gossip at all because I know that you wouldn't do that here. I mean, sometimes people gossip at our church, but I know you're better than that. You're better than us over there. God wants you to support your leaders, you see, to the degree that you submit, not just to, to them, but to each other. Do you know you pastor, you, you care for each other in this church. I know you do. I know you have great love for each other. The more you submit to each other, the deeper your love will go for, for each other and the more you'll be able to do in the kingdom. You will not be able to move the kingdom and crush the enemy without submission and humility. That is a key. That is the key. That's what we're doing at our church. We're submitting to each other. You know, we have people come up to us and tell us how to run the church all the time, and we submit. We say, yes, we hear you. We may not do that, but we hear you. you know, in humility, we take it on. We take them on. We love them. We love them. Love each other. This is how you're going to do exploits in the world. By getting to that place of faith again, where you, you give everything. I surrender it all to you, God. All. Not just, you know, that sacrifice, not just that stewardship, but that faith thing that just crushes the head of the enemy. And submitting to each other. You know, when somebody says something that's off or, you know, it's the worst thing? Worst thing is email and texting. Don't do it when you're doing relational issues. Just don't do it. Because, you know, that attitude doesn't come. People can't see your face. And then it all goes wrong. It all goes wrong because people can't hear your attitude. They can't hear your voice. You know, you're, you're feeling sweet in your spirit and you're saying, oh, this stuff. And then they take it as a slap in the face. And then you have this big fight. Just I'm saying to you, I'm warning you about that communication. Don't do it. Get on, get on the phone. Talk face to face to each other. Honor each other. Respect each other. Love each other. And you will do exploits. God has something for you to do in the nations. Mount Clear Church of Christ. You are God's answer for the world. You are. And you've got something to do here in Ballarat that's going to make a mark. This church has already made a mark on this city. You have made a mark on this city, but God has more for you. God has more for you. Submit to each other. Get on the edge of faith again. There's something in God that he wants you to do together that's going to impact the nations of the earth. We need to get radical again. We need to inspire each other to give, not just we steward, not just what we sacrifice, but what we can trust God for. It's not about money. It's about activating your faith again. Your faith is the most valuable thing that you possess. Your faith. That's what the devil wants. He wants your faith. He doesn't care about your money. He wants your faith. And if he can get you derailed, he will. He'll get your faith. That's the first thing. That's the first thing you can see our young people lose. Their faith. Why? If the devil knows. If I can pick up that seed before it, before it germinates, I don't, have to, I don't have to clean up a harvest. Yeah? There's a harvest in each one of your lives. There's a harvest that God wants you, uh, that you're responsible for. You are responsible for that harvest. You see? The devil wants to steal your faith before that harvest can be, can be brought. Don't let him steal your faith. Get on the edge of faith again. You know, submit yourselves to each other. Love and bring humility into the picture. Every time you get faced with that temptation to fight back, you know, mm. I just want to say something. Oh, I had one of those this week. <laughs> I just want to say something to that person, yeah? But don't do it. Just stop yourself. Just stop. And, you know, in school we have this thing on the wall, stop, breathe, 
pray, and then respond, <laughs> especially for the year sixes. <laughs> Stop, breathe, pray, and then respond, you know? It's really important. It's really important. You love each other. Okay, that's really all I have, and the Lord's not saying anything else in my ear at the moment. Okay, so you probably won't take over all of Ballarat, but you can do something, can't you? You can do something in Ballarat, and that's the thing. You're something... Is, is a lot in the hand of God. Let's pray. Do you want to stand with me? And perhaps you can, you know, watch that video some other time. God, you're so good. You're so good. And we just want to say, Lord, that you are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all honor. Um, Lord, there's nothing better than, than hearing your voice, than, than hearing revelation from your throne, than knowing that you're with us, than knowing that, God, you have a plan for us. And I pray right now over this body, this congregation, that you would draw them together, Father, in a new way, in a fresh way. It's a new day for this church. You've got a new mission for them to accomplish, Lord. And I just pray that you would break through, Holy Spirit. Break through here. Break through the finances of this church. Break through, Father, so that there's generosity flowing from every side. But they won't know what hit them. Everywhere they turn, they don't know what to do because there's so much money. What do we do with it, God? They have to, they have to think of new things to do just because they got too much finance. Lord, I just, pr I just prophesy that into this church that there would be release, release right now. Thank you, Father, for a new day. Thank you for another harvest. You know, this church has, has done several harvests. There's three harvests I can see in my mind that this church has reaped from. But there's a new harvest and there's a new day. So, Father, we just speak right now that you would break open. Break open the floodgate of heaven. Lord, like those songs that we sing say that you would rain down on us. Lord, rain down. Rain down so that the harvest can come. So that the harvest can come through these people, these great people. Lord, I thank you for them. I just pray that you would move on them. Lord, as they submit to each other in humility, as they learn to heal each other's bruises and heal each other's wounds, that, God, there would be peace in this place. There would be um, a new unction in this place. Thank you, Father. We just know, we know that you, you want to move in power through these people here. You're already moving in power. Lord, I pray as they go out to this African um, journey, this mission, that, Father, you would break something open in Africa. Lord, we pray for a work to be established through the hands of Wilson in Africa. Lord, you called him a long time ago. Lord, we just, we just prophesy favor, the favor of God. And we send him out with your angels, your sentinels on either side. And the team that's there, Lord, that they would be covered by your angels, Father. Give them your words, Lord. Give them your ability to break through, Father, to, to preach the gospel to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, Father. Thank you, Lord, to proclaim the acceptable day of the Lord. This is your day, Lord. And I proclaim that over this church. I proclaim your favor over this church, Lord. This is the day of the Lord. Thank you, Father. We just believe you, Lord. 
I just want the music team to come up. And you know that first song you did about that God of miracles, he's so good. That one, if you can just sing some of that. And if you want prayer, look, I, I do want to pray. If you want some breakthrough in your life. And I did have another word for, there was a lady. Is she still here? She was standing up the front over here. Sandra, is she still here? Oh, okay, good. So, Sandra, I just want to give you a word just whenever. Even I can come back there if you want. Um, let's, just, let's just sing because God is a God of miracles, isn't he? Um, and let's proclaim that over you because this is a good day for this church. It is the day of the favor of the Lord for you. And that what you've been doing in little, God is going to multiply. You've been doing a little bit, but God wants to, he wants to multiply the stuff that you've been giving, the something that you've been giving, he wants to multiply it. Don't be afraid. Ask him if you're afraid, say, God, give me courage. He'll give you an anointing of courage like you've never known before. You know, I'm not afraid of death, and I know I'm not afraid of death because God's given me anointing of courage. I can walk into places down in Melbourne and other people warn me, they have guns in there, Ruthie. Why are you doing that? I'm like, I don't care. I laugh in the face of danger. You know, I'm not afraid to die. Revelation 12, 11. Don't you remember that verse? And they loved not their lives even unto death. It's the testimony of Jesus that's the power of God to break through. That's what you carry. You carry the testimony of Jesus himself. That's the power to disciple the nations. You know, if you think up in heaven we're going to be sitting on clouds, you know, bringing harps and just eating lollies, you've got the wrong picture of heaven. He says that we will rule and reign with him. He's training you now. He's training you now to rule and reign. Go reign in Ballarat, would you? You're kings in Ballarat. You're not the younger ones. You're, you're kings in Ballarat. Go and rule this place. You go and bind what shouldn't be here. You go and release what should be here. You rule this place, Ballarat. That's who you are. That's who you are. You're the answer. You're God's answer to this place. Just, just trust God. He's going to come through for you. He's going to come through. Look, all minister... Uh, for, but let's sing this song together. If you want some prayer ministry, then you can come up. But let's worship because this amazing anointed team is here.